Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Burrow is a furniture company known for time design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When my parents left, I had a mix of emotions of happiness and worry, but that's not important. It was around 10 p.m. at night, and I had gone downstairs to feed my dog, and I realized my back door was wide open. This wasn't unusual, because I normally leave it open for my dog to run around outside, and my back garden is fenced off, so I normally don't worry. After feeding my dog, I went to the door and closed it and locked it. When I went back upstairs, I thought I heard a noise of shuffling from somewhere around my house, but I just shrugged it off as my dog getting into her bed. I live on the third floor of the house, so I have to get up on a ladder to get into my room. I sat there playing games for a couple hours, and I was about to sleep when it was around 1 p.m., but decided to get food before sleeping. As I entered the kitchen, I found the kitchen door open a bit, not fully, but enough for a person to fit through it. I dismissed it as my memory thinking that I had forgot to close it, even though I swore I did as I was walking through the living room. I saw my dog sat in a corner looking scared and worried. For context, my dog is a small French bulldog, incapable of hurting anyone. So seeing her like this worried me a bit, but sometimes she gets scared at little things, so I didn't think anything about it. Anyways, fast forward to me being back upstairs. 
I felt myself drifting off whistle-watching some random TV show I can't remember. When I heard my downstairs stairs creak this at first worried me, but due to how tired I was, I didn't realize what the sound actually was at the time. I started drifting off again until at one point I fell completely asleep. I remember waking up to a sound I didn't know what it was, so I slowly opened my eyes into my absolute horror, a man with half of his body peering through the hatch leading up to my room. Somehow, I don't know how I managed to pretend I didn't see anything and close my eyes hoping the man would go away. I would say it was about 30 seconds before I heard the creak of my ladders as the man went down the ladders, but honestly, it felt like hours. As I heard the door close to my brother's room, which you have to walk through to get to my stairs, I reached for my phone and dialed the police quicker. Then I could think. Surprisingly, it took them near minutes to show up to my house and did a quick sweep of my house to no avail. I slept at my grandma's for the night, but in all, honestly, I didn't get any sleep. From then on, I was too scared to be home alone at all. And I always remember to lock my doors now. I was 17 years old, left alone from Thursday to Sunday with our family's dog, who was pretty small and starting to have trouble climbing stairs in his old age. I'd be working every morning while my parents were out of town. Came home from my shift on Friday, and everything about the kitchen table was a mess. Napkins were taken out of the holder. All of the mail was thrown on the floor. Salt and pepper shaker on the other side of the kitchen but together, and one of the chairs pulled far away from the table. Our dog's never done anything like this, and I'd be especially surprised if he was even capable of climbing on top of the table. I reset it all. Saturday, I come back to find the exact same configuration. Don't have the pictures anymore, but every detail was just as I found it the day before. Pretty much the entire night, I'm convinced there's going to be a ghost coming to get me, and I sleep horribly and barely rest for work on Sunday. I leave for work and make sure the place was orderly when I left, because I knew my parents would be back before I was out of work. When I go on my lunch break, I call my mom and ask about all of the details from the past two days. And she just goes, yeah, why did you leave such a mess? She didn't get pictures, so I can't verify how similar the mess was. But regardless, I can't believe my old dog would have done that for the details three consecutive days. And I don't even know if he was strong enough to move the chairs or climb on the table. Only time anything like this ever happened while I was left alone. My brother, 12, and I, 14, were alone at home while our mom was away somewhere, probably away for work or smith. It was like 1 a.m., and it was raining like crazy. I was about to head to bed, and I saw my brother had turned off his room's lights as well. I went to bed and fell asleep. My sleep was promptly interrupted by loud banging on glass. It was coming from our living room's glass door. I was scared a little, but decided to check. I opened my door a tiny bit. My room was straight across from the living room's glass door and take a peek through our almost pitch-black living room toward the glass door and spot someone on the other side of the glass standing in the pouring rain. I couldn't really make out what that person looked like, and I didn't really try to find out, as I immediately pulled myself backward to prevent him from seeing me. The banging didn't seem to stop, and it was mind-numbingly loud. It really felt like the glass was about crack at any moment. I got on my knees and hands and tried to crouch toward my brother's room, checking if he's okay, there were some chairs in the line of sight towards the floor, so while crouching, it would have been hard to spot me. I got to my brother's room and opened it. He was terrified sitting in his bed in the corner of the room. And just as I was about to grab the phone and call the police, the banging stopped. I decided not to call because I'm introverted eighth and I honestly was just really tired, so I went to sleep. To this day, I do not know who that was. Many years ago... When my now 28-year-old daughter was still an infant, me, her, 
and our dog were at the apartment we were living in at the time. My wife was at work. I was sitting on the couch watching TV. My daughter was asleep on a blanket pallet on the floor, and the dog, a German Shepherd or Wolf hybrid mix, was about 10 feet away laying in the doorway between our kitchen and the living room area. At any rate, I was watching whatever it was that I was watching when all of a sudden Thor, our dog, starts with this low-level guttural growling. I figured that he had heard someone in another apartment or walking by through the parking lot and don't think much of it. As a few seconds pass, I notice that it's getting louder and I can see out of the corner of my eye that he has lifted his head up off his paws. His ears are perked and he's looking up at the ceiling over where my daughter was laying. I look up. Don't see anything. Tell him to knock it off. Right after I tell him to knock it off, he jumps up, starts circling my sleeping daughter, literally walking around the pallet she's laying on and growling more and more intensely, even stopping once and outright snarling and snapping his teeth, all while staring up at the ceiling. After about two minutes of this, and me having no clue on what to do since I can't see anything, and I do not want to reach for my daughter with him circling her like that. He laid down next to my daughter, rested his head on her back, and stayed there for almost an hour, still intently staring up at the ceiling and occasionally growling. To this day, I have no idea what the hell was going on or what he saw or sensed, but it was extremely creepy to me. Before I get the kind of lecture I'd expect from my father, I know that it's a risky move to walk home alone at night. I know, especially as a young woman, that it's unsafe, that anything could happen. Okay, I know. That being said, I come from a remarkably safe area, the kind of place where people don't shoot up in bed worried because they can't remember if they lock their doors. I've stumbled home drunk more than a few times myself, only to discover my keys long forgotten in the lock outside the next morning. Nobody really worried because nothing bad really happened here. Not until a few months ago. Up until now, it wasn't actually considered that dangerous to walk alone after dark here. I did it pretty often myself. I don't have a car and the public transportation system here is basically non-existent. I'm saving up to finally get myself a vehicle, but it's a bit of a vicious cycle. I can't afford a car and the relative safety it would afford me. So to get one, I have to work. And I'm a bartender, so that means working late shifts. There's been a recent spate of killings in my town. The first of its kind, really. We've seen a startling number of victims who've all met their end at the hands of a frenzied knife attacker over the past few months, and the murders are all brutal beyond belief. The victims are stabbed to the point of death, and then some, past the point of recognition. Complete overkill. First, it was one murder every so often, but now sometimes multiple victims are found after a single night. All of these people were simply going about their business as usual, walking home after dark from work or a friend's place or the store. Many of them died just yards from the safety and comfort of their homes, some mere steps away from their front doors. We've been forced to confront the fact that we almost certainly have a serial killer on our hands. With all of this weighing heavy on my mind, I guess you'll all understand why I was terrified to find myself out in the street hours past nightfall and out of option. Surprisingly, I wasn't leaving a shift last night that I can plan for, and I actually have started carpooling with my co-workers over the past couple weeks. After realizing I was either out or working a startling amount of the nights when the killer added another victim to his count, I figured I needed to take these extra measures to ensure my safety. I was actually leaving my boyfriend's, well, ex-boyfriend's house late last night after we got into a huge fight. It started with the same, old same, old stuff, he's incredibly jealous, aggressively possessive. Despite my being faithful for the several years we've been together, he's never learned to trust me. He's always going on and on about my phone, insisting that if I don't respond to him, then I must be cheating. 
He was drunk, belligerent, and he wouldn't let it go last night. He pointed out several recent windows of time when I should have texted back, failing to realize that because these instances were in the middle of the night, I was either working or sleeping like any other normal person. The fight started at around 2 a.m. and ended over an hour later. He seriously broke my phone, then kicked me out with no way to call for help. I had no cash on hand and no way to call a cab anyway. The buses had stopped running for the night, and the walk to the nearest bus stop probably would have been longer than the walk back home. I was drunk and alone and scared and helpless. I briefly considered knocking on a neighbor's door, but stopped myself. I didn't want to make a fuss. I could just walk home on my own. It wasn't a big deal. It'd only take me about 15 minutes. After all, I'd done it plenty of times before. With a renewed or feigned, more likely, sense of courage, I plodded down the steps outside my ex's house and onto the sidewalk. I tried desperately not to think of the serial attacker, but it was no use. I couldn't silence my thoughts about what scared me most about the maniac, his preferred victims. It was his lack of preference that worried me most, actually. It sounds horrible to say, but in that moment I couldn't deny the thought. If he only went for a certain kind of victim, like petite blonde girls, I'd have felt safer. As I continued my walk, I thought back on all of his victims, realizing that there was no common thread that could stitch his choice of victims together. There was no neat box that I could categorize them in all in the name of making myself feel safer. Even more horrifying still, several men had fallen victim to the killer, big men that sure as hell put up a fight, yet stood no chance against such vicious knife attacks. Chillingly, such a variety in victims communicated one thing to me, and as I turned down the next street, about halfway through my walk, then, the message was suddenly loud and clear. His motives to kill didn't come from the normal things I'd expect. He didn't hate his mom. He wasn't angry at his first girlfriend for leaving him. He wasn't killing a specific type of victim to live out his fantasies of vengeance against those he'd felt had wronged him. He killed for one reason and one reason alone. He loved to do it. With this realization, I found myself walking at a brisk pace, much quicker than usual. Before the onslaught of brutal killings, I used to enjoy my walks home, used to savor the quiet of the town after dark. It used to feel like the world belonged to me, like everything had slowed down for my enjoyment alone, like I was the only person left on the planet. Last night, it was different, a slight difference, but one that made a monumental impact. In my mind, I wasn't the only person anymore. Instead, it was just me and the knife-wielding fiend, hell-bent on my destruction. Just the hunter and its prey. I tried to silence these thoughts, tried in vain to reassure myself that we hadn't seen an attack in a little over two weeks. For a few moments, these internal reassurances actually worked. Perhaps it was the buzz I still had going. I felt myself start to calm, though I remained vigilant. I had to be. My senses were on high alert so that I wouldn't get caught off guard. It was probably because of this heightened vigilance that I heard the sound from behind me, the first sign to prove that I was as far from alone as I feared. Before I'd even registered the disturbance, my head whipped around instinctively to look back over my shoulder. It was hard to see at first, but once I saw a quiver of movement in the distance, my stomach bottomed out and hit the ground. There was a man behind me, dressed head to toe in black. He was walking quite quickly himself, with purpose. And I wasn't about to stick around and find out what exactly... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. His purpose was. I felt frozen in place for a moment, but once my body caught up with me, we were on our way further down the street. I was only a couple blocks away from my house at that point, and my feet carried me as fast as they could, but my shoes were uncomfortable, and I found it hard to move. I could still hear him shuffling along behind me, his footfalls coming at a disturbingly fast pace. From the sounds alone, I figured I'd hardly expanded the gap between us. He was in quick pursuit. I wagered a second glance over my shoulder. Big mistake. Like some true horror movie shit, I toppled over. Reflexively, I threw my hands out in front of me so that my palms made harsh contact with the paved sidewalk. I knew I had to get up, though, because his steps were growing much louder. I began to panic as I realized that this not only because he was closer to me, but because he'd started to run. Fast. Adrenaline surged through me, urging me to scramble to my feet and get home, or at least to get help. I don't think I was even in control of my body anymore. I'd relinquished all operating power to my most basic, primal self commanded only by the will to survive. I figure this must be true, that I must have set all cognitive processes aside in favor of escape and survival, because I startled awake this morning. At home, I woke up in bed, naked, hungover, with a foul taste in my mouth that took a few times brushing my teeth to get rid of. I'm a little worn out, but I'm safe. I don't look much like I was in a fight for my life, just some scrapes and bruises here and there. My fingernails are surprisingly dirty, with some substance kicked underneath them, probably dirt from when I fell. It's hard to say exactly what happened, though. The adrenaline rush that came over me was so powerful that I have only a hazy recollection of the entire night. That, of course, in conjunction with the alcohol. My survival instincts must have carried me those last few minutes until I burst through my door. It was a close call, for sure, but even closer when I opened my laptop to a news alert. Apparently, a morning jogger found a man's body, another victim of the killer. There are a few details available now, but he was found on the same street I'd been pursued on last night, likely to have been killed near the same time I'd escaped. One of the detectives on the case reported that he expected an identification to be difficult, seeing as the victim had been nearly ripped to shreds. Like I said, I don't exactly remember what happened last night, but I'm comforted by the fact that I was so close to death, but that I made it home safe. I'm exhausted and I certainly look a little rough, but I'm okay. And that's something to be grateful for, don't you think? My husband works a weird schedule where he has to be at work at 3 a.m. I wake him up at 2 a.m., get his lunch together, and then I go back to bed until my alarm at 5 a.m. I don't always go back to sleep right away because he is wandering around showering and getting dressed and making obscene amounts of noise. He usually leaves right around 2, 50 a.m., then I'm good to go back to sleep. Anyway, about a month ago, I woke back up at 4.30ish on a Friday morning. I swore I heard someone knocking. We have doorbell cameras at both doors, so I checked my phone. Nothing. The kids were in bed with me and the dog was still sound asleep, so I knew it wasn't them. I decided it must have been a dream, but it freaked me out enough that I didn't go back to sleep. He was home for the next two nights. No knocking. I didn't think anything about it. Early Monday morning. Same time, same place. Check the cameras. 
nothing there, kids and dog all snoring. Repeat for three more days. I became more and more convinced that someone messing with me, but I couldn't figure out why. If someone was really watching the house, they would know that I was alone after 3 a.m. with the kids. It's easy enough to break in, ground-level windows all around, and our doors aren't anything special. No reason to expend all this effort trying to get me up and out of bed to open the door. My irritability was growing as my sleep deprivation increased. I was having a harder and harder time sleeping after 3 a.m. because I was anticipating the knocking. I was mostly just kind of hanging out in bed and waiting. Finally, I decided to just stay awake and catch the person in the act. I set myself up in the living room. Iced coffee, TV on, phone in hand, fully upright so I wouldn't fall asleep. Nothing happened. No more knocking. Just an idiot sitting on couch for two hours, losing more sleep. My theory is that I was dreaming of someone knocking that first night, and I woke up mid-dream, unable to distinguish reality from dream. I didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night the next two nights, so I slept better and deeper. He went back to work and the weird dream started again because I wasn't sleeping solidly. The human mind does some crazy things. After I was able to look at it with a clearer perspective and a few hours of sleep, I realized there was no way anyone could have been knocking at the door. I have a miniature Da Shun. He barks at anything. A squirrel farting outside can result in a five-minute barking frenzy. Knocks on the door because hysteria. There is no way he would have slept through someone knocking at 4 a.m. I'm an idiot. When I was a child, I had life-size, like three feet tall, Power Ranger dolls. I usually kept them in my room stationed around my canopy bed to guard me at night. One day I was planning to take them all to preschool for show, until I was like four or five. As I was preparing them to come downstairs with me, the Red Power Ranger came to life and pushed me down the stairs. I only vaguely remember this incident, but when I brought it up recently at a family gathering, my mom said that it wasn't the first time I had mentioned the Red Power Ranger being lifelike, and that I had frequently been heard talking to people in that particular apartment. The incident of me being pushed down the stairs apparently frightened my parents so much that they took me away and we stayed with my grandmother until my parents could find a new apartment to live in. Needless to say, the Power Rangers did not move with us. My husband recently took an overnight's job to help us out during pandemic. He's only been there about two weeks and works evenings or overnights, 9 p.m., 6 a.m. Last night was no different. He left home around 8.15 p.m. Our daughter, age 11, and I decided to make it a movie night. Around 11 p.m., I heard keys in my back door and the usual sounds my husband makes when he comes home. I creep out to the kitchen to make sure it was him, and it was. He told me he needed to grab his knee compression sleeve, walks down the hall, says hi to our daughter as he passes the living room, and goes upstairs. He came back down, gave me a kiss, and left again. We finished our movie and went to bed. In the morning when he got home, I made a joking comment about him forgetting his knee sleeve. He was genuinely confused, as I recalled the previous night. Our daughter confirmed everything I said, and he still was acting confused. I pulled up our security motion camera on my phone to show him when he popped in quick. But there was no footage from the night before, or any other night, of him coming home after he's left for work. My daughter and I both heard him, saw him, and I touched him. But he was never home during that time. Nothing else out of the ordinary happened that night. We seriously have no idea what happened. I was a pizza driver for a while back in college. Did a delivery out to the semi-country area late at night. This was before smartphones, was, and all that. Of course, the road had no street lights, so the only light came from people's porch lights, my car's headlights, and the full moon. 
finally found the right house and delivered the pizza to a sweet little old lady. But when I turned around to walk back to my car, I couldn't help but instantly stop. There was a strange sensation that I wasn't alone. I was being watched. But I looked around and didn't see anything. Of course, it was dark, if so, who knows? I slowly moved toward my car, and the feeling didn't go away. It only intensified. It was like I was being watched before, but now I was being hunted or something. I looked around and still couldn't see anything. So, I shrugged, figured I was imagining things, and opened my car door when suddenly I heard a clicking sound. Like something was tapping the pavement in the road really fast. I hopped into my car and barely got the door shut when this giant Cujo kind of evil dog jumped at the driver window. He was growling and you could just tell that he wanted a piece of me in a big way. He had drool. Coming off his mouth, his breath fogged the window and it was like I could feel the reverb of his growling in my chest through the window. It was only after the fact that I realized how close I came to getting the shit mauled out of me or possibly killed, by some crazy bloodthirsty dog. Postscript. When I got back to the store, half the drivers had heard where I went for the delivery and they asked me about the dog. Turns out they'd seen him before, but nobody thought to warn me about it. I went to my mom's bathroom to wash my hands after a long day. The soft glow of the bathroom light spilled into the hallway, casting a warm, inviting ambience. As I approached the half-open door... I caught sight of a pair of feet just behind it. I chuckled, thinking my mother was up to some playful mischief. Very funny, May. I see you, I playfully called out, assuming she was trying to startle me. I proceeded to wash my hands, the water running gently over my fingers. A playful banter with my mom was nothing out of the ordinary. Finishing up, I stepped out of the bathroom, still waiting for her to reveal herself. But there was silence. No response. I furrowed my brow, wondering why she didn't continue the joke or at least poke her head out from behind the door. I continued down the hallway and made my way to the kitchen, where I found my mother unpacking groceries. It was just the two of us in the house and nobody else. My curiosity peaked. I asked her, Hey, who was in your bathroom? You had me convinced you were behind that door. My mother looked puzzled. What are you talking about? I've been here in the kitchen the whole time. A shiver ran down my spine as the realization hit me. Nobody else had been in the house, and my mother certainly couldn't have been in two places at once. I'm grateful that whatever it was behind that half-open door didn't choose to reveal itself. The strange encounter left an eerie feeling in the back of my mind, and I couldn't help but wonder who or what had been lurking in the bathroom that day. One night I had forgotten to lock my apartment door and woke up in the middle of the night. My bedroom door was about two feet from my front door as he walked into the apartment. First a big dog ran by, then a person. Holy shit. I was so scared and I screeched, who is it? A man said it's Doe. As I was thinking to myself, who the F is Doe, he said, oh shit. He turned around to go back out the front door saying, sorry, I asked. Didn't you have a dog with you? He said, oh yeah. Hey, come on. He left his dog, ran out after him, and I locked my front door. About 15 years ago, a rather peculiar and unsettling incident occurred that still haunts me to this day. It was a morning like any other, or at least I thought it was. My ex-partner, who used to rise early for work, decided to get out of bed and start his daily routine. Typically, he would head to the living room to do a quick workout before taking a shower. But on this particular morning, he chose to do his exercise right there in our bedroom. I was in a deep state of slumber, too tired to fully wake up, and I hadn't even opened my eyes yet. As he started his workout, I could hear his breath growing heavier and increasingly raspy. 
It was far from the usual rhythm of his morning exercises. The noise grated on my nerves, and I was unable to drift back into sleep. His breathing became so odd and intense that I found myself growing angrier by the second. In my half-asleep, irritated state, I decided to give him a piece of my mind and turned over, preparing to scold him for the inconsiderate noise. But when I opened my eyes and glanced toward the source of the disturbing sound, my voice caught in my throat. There was nobody there. The room was empty, void of any sign of my ex. The eerie, raspy breathing, which had been so disturbingly loud just moments before, ceased abruptly. A chill ran down my spine as I realized the unsettling truth. I was alone in the room. The sensation of being watched and the inexplicable presence of the heavy breathing had sent shivers down my spine. Confused and slightly unnerved, I finally mustered the courage to leave our bedroom and ventured upstairs to the bathroom. There, I found my ex peacefully taking a shower, completely oblivious to the bizarre incident that had just unfolded. I couldn't help but question my own sense's insanity, wondering if I had briefly crossed into a world where the unexplainable and the eerie were everyday occurrences. To this day, I remain haunted by that strange morning, never fully understanding what it was that visited our bedroom, masquerading as my ex, but vanishing when I dared to confront it.